Welcome to another edition of Mind of a Madman, brought to me from SDS Studios. Um, before we start, uh, I have a, you know, a special announcement to make. Um, as I've been doing these shows, I've been doing them like, you know, like, you know, uh, pre-recording them and then editing them and putting them out. I'm going to try something a little different. Uh, starting next week, uh, I'm going to start doing these live. So, uh, uh, while I'm recording, there'll be a video feed. Uh, it'll be on, I got the old YouTube channel up and running and, uh, it'll also be on the, on the mind of a madman, mind of a madman Facebook fan page. So you'll be able to catch us on both of those live or if not, you know, it'll still be recorded and put on, uh, on a Spotify or, you know, uh, wherever you listen to this app. Uh, all the links to that will be in the description to this video below or to this podcast. So. Uh, moving on here, uh, with that being said, uh, this week I have four news stories for us. Uh, the first one is entitled, Archaeologists discover a 17th century Polish vampire with a sickle across its neck, meant to prevent it from returning from the dead. Um, the skeletal remains of a female va- vampire were found in a 17th century Polish graveyard with a sickle across its neck to prevent the woman from rising from the dead. Professor Derezin Polinski uh, from Nicholas Copernicus University uh, headed up the archaeological dig that led to the discovery of the skeleton, which was found wearing a, a silk cap and with a protruding front tooth. The sickle was not laid flat, but placed on the neck in such a way that if the deceased had tried to get up, it most certainly would have been cut off or injured. In the 11th century, citizens of Western Europe reported fears of vampires and began treating their dead like with anti-vampire rituals, according to the Smithsonian Magazine, believing that some people who died would claw their way out of their grave as blood-sucking monsters to terrorize the living. By the 17th century, such burial practices became common across Poland in response to an outpour, a reported outbreak of vampires. Other ways to protect against the return of the dead would, would be cutting off the head or legs, placing the deceased face down uh, to bite into the ground, burning them, and smashing them with a stone. Though common anti-vampire burial methods included a metal rod hammer through the skeleton, the remains in Poland were found with a sickle across the neck and, pad, and padlocked toe to restrain them. The padlocked big toe attached to the skeleton's left foot, Polinski told Daily News, like, likely, likely symbolized the closing of the stage and impossibility of returning. So this just shows how far we've come, you know. I mean, some still believe the, the vampires you know, exist. I mean, maybe to a degree they do. Maybe not in the sense that Hollywood makes them out to be, but that that definitely be a great topic for a future show. But I just thought that was interesting. You know, it's something that you know we you know we don't really talk about vampires much on this on this on this podcast. And you know, maybe we maybe yeah we should. Uh, but I yeah I, thought, I just thought that new story was a little different. Um, next one is the next article is entitled "Huge UFO Leads Through Portal." Footage of flying diamond over sea goes viral. Uh, so there was footage of a UFO 
Um, it shows a distant shot of a giant hovering rhombus-shaped UFO with a separate bright orb moving around it. It is seen to rise into the clouds above as if it is disappearing through another portal or to another dimension. Uh, so there, there's a video that comes with it. Let's, I guess let's see if we can watch this video quick. Okay, let's see here. A striking video which appears to show a huge, bizarre diamond-shaped UFO. Okay, so let's see here. Uh, yeah, I'll put the video on, on, on the uh, fan page. Or, well, the link to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be maybe a UFO, but, you know... I think something this could be easily photoshopped. It could be some kind of cloud formation or reflection. I don't know. It just, uh, it's just, I don't know. Like I said, I'm gonna put this up on the fan page. And I want you guys to tell me what you think. Is I don't know about this one. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, you be the judge. Let me know what you think. Let's move on to the next story. This article is entitled. Uh, NASA finds perfectly rectangular iceberg in, in Antarctica as if it was deliberately cut. Sometimes you see an image, it's pretty hard to believe. To believe it's not a poor attempt at Photoshop. This is one of those images. On Twitter, NASA's ice team, responsible for polar search, posted a bizarre picture showing an iceberg that was almost a perfect rectangle. The image was taken by NASA's Operation Icebridge, a fleet of research aircraft that images Earth's polar ice. The particular formation was seen near the leaf, uh, the Larsen Sea ice shelf, a large section which famously broke off from the Arctic Peninsula in July of 2017. Uh, so, NASA scientist Kelly Brunt from the University of Maryland said this particular square was a bit unusual. Nothing about... Nothing... Noting it was likely about a mile across, and it looks uh, flat on top. It was probably more. It probably has a more iceberg-like uh, shape underneath. Uh, so, measuring 183 miles long and 23 miles across, it was spotted breaking off the Ross uh, the Ross Ice Shelf in Arctic in March of 2000. The clean edges of the last. Latest iceberg suggests it was created pretty recently. Over time, the sea and wind will start to erode the smooth the smooth edges. So it's just kind of weird. I mean, I don't know what what purpose of cutting a you know a perfect you know square out of ice would be you know like that like you know that big of a piece of ice. It just shows that like you know a lot of times when we're searching for things that are you know man made or created by intelligent life, you know, you know they always say that. Like perfect shapes don't occur in nature. You know, straight lines don't occur in nature. This goes to show you that sometimes straight lines do do occur in nature. So you know, when we find something that we think might be man-made, or you know, something that might be you know uh, created by alien life, just because it has straight angles, you know, you know, straight edges, or perfectly flat, perfectly square, nature does do this sometimes. So you, you know, I just this story was. I think it just just as like you know a precautionary, you know as we you know as you know, as we start looking more and more 
in the space for signs of life, you know, we gotta be careful not you know and not jump the gun because nature does do things that are perfect squares, perfect rectangles, perfect lines. It's rare, but it does happen. The last article is entitled "The Navy Reportedly Experimented with a Space-Time Modification Weapon." Military documents claim the device could make the hydrogen bomb seem more like a firecracker. According to documents obtained by Warzone.com, U.S. Navy performed experiments on far-fetched technologies, including a space-time modification weapon, which researchers claim in, uh, internally to revolutionize power and propulsion systems. The mysterious technologies were meant to take advantage of the Payas effect. Uh, patented by American aerospace engineer Salvador Cesar Perez, and which could end up pushing the boundaries of conventional science, if, that is, they are even proven to actually work. Perez says, technology could enable a propulsion system that defies gravity, as well as even more essential claims. He laid out claims for a hybrid aerospace underwater craft, and he claimed he was able to engineer the fabric of our reality at the most fundamental level. Needless to say, these dubious theoretical devices have yet to be demonstrated in any meaningful way. But at the same time, the fact that the U.S. military is funding their development does lend them a veneer of credibility. According to a newly obtained documents, the Navy took Paris's idea seriously enough to pour hundreds of thousands of dollars into their development. Um... Experiments. The experiments sound inconclusive, though. The elusive Paris effect was neither observed nor disproven during the, during the the investigation by the war zone. So, you know, the, yeah, I, thought, I, I thought that this article was kind of interesting because, you know, if it's saying that it could that, that this this space time modification device could could create propulsion that defied gravity. And you know the Navy's been working on this for a while. Maybe what we saw in, in you know in those Tic Tacs were U.S. craft, they're just highly top secret, highly black. You know, you know, last week yeah, we talked about you know uh, black aircraft that that you know we don't know or that you know the government's working on. And whatever what whatever we can see, they have much more tech, you know much more advanced stuff hidden that we don't see. So you know, I just thought you know. That would, you know, the U.S. kind of supported the other Tic Tacs possibly being, you know, U.S. Uh, uh, US military craft. So, uh, that's our news for this week. So, now let's get into uh, our story for the week. Um, now, most of you have heard, you know, the <clears throat> the uh, conspiracy theory about, you know, all the, you know, the moon landing was fake. It wasn't real. It didn't really happen. Well, I'm not here to talk about that. Uh, there's actually another conspiracy theory surrounding the moon landings that a lot of people don't even know exist, and it's it's, and it's an actual real thing. I mean, this is this is proven. Uh, NASA acknowledges it, and uh, it just isn't really talked about much. So I thought I'd, I'd bring that to light, and that is the missing Apollo 11 tapes. So, July 21st, 1969. <clears throat> The Apollo 11 mission successfully landed on the surface of the moon, and for the first time, two humans, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, stood on a surface that wasn't on Earth. 
these two humans traveled 250,000 miles to set foot on Earth's largest natural satellite, an accomplishment that has yet to be surpassed and most likely won't until humans set foot on the surface of Mars in the next 10 to 20 years. This was such an enormous task that it was and still is the follow there, there there was and still is a following of people who believe that the Apollo missions was fake, like I just said. And that instead of landing on the moon, the whole thing was staged and filmed in a remote location in one of the US United States deserts or on a soundstage to make it appear as though we beat the Russians to the moon to end the space race. Even though there's tons of evidence showing it really happened, these conspiracy theorists still deny uh, that it happened. We're not, like I said, we're not, not going to dive deep into this evidence now. That's another show, um, another time. But one of the biggest pieces of evidence that, uh, while on the moon, was the astronauts placed the reflector, which scientists can and do bounce a laser off of to measure the distance from the Earth. So that's so like, what I'm saying is that's that's one of the biggest pieces of evidence that we were there. You know the. You know, when you Armstrong place reflector that, you know, we can bounce lasers off of, you know, and measure, you know, how far it was done, you know, so we can, you know, basically measure how far away you like the moon is receding from us every year. Because, you know, because every year, you know, the moon gets a little further, a little further, a little further away from us. Eventually, you know, we're going to lose, you know, hundreds of thousands of that millions of years from now. But back to the story. There's also a conspiracy theory that when Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were on the moon, they were approached by extraterrestrial life. And you know that has a space station on the moon surface. What interactions took place vary between theorists, but the overall premise is the same. One of the biggest was to prove or disprove what really happened would be to look at the video footage from the mission. When the mission was being shown on national TV, which is basically most of the footage available today, it wasn't a clean video signal. There was a very limited radio bandwidth available for video footage which had to uh, be multiplexed with all the other communications and, and uh, telemetry signals. So the footage of Apollo 11's moonwalk was transmitted from the Apollo camera in monochrome SSTV format at 10 frames per second, with 320 lines of resolution progressively scanned. Don't know what that means? Me either. Basically, it took detailed video, which was cutting edge back then, and converted it into a very low-quality format to save space for transmission back to Earth. These low-quality videos were picked up by radio telescopes at the Parks Observatory, the Golden State Tracking Station, and the Honeysuckle Creek Tracking Station. The format of the videos sent to Earth was in an incompatible format from what broadcast television was using. It would have been it would have to be converted before airing, so it wouldn't be live. So the solution was to point a video camera at the high-quality 10-inch TV monitor. You heard that right. Everything, everything that we saw on TV back in 1969 when, 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 when the Apollo astronauts were on the moon, it was high-quality video that was ripped down and, and put into a format that was very low-quality. Then it was played on a 10-inch monitor, and a TV camera was positioned and recorded off of that. But back then, you know, that was that was the best technology that you know, we have for geotransmission. So, um, of course, such a historic monument would have multiple ways to record this event. The video footage was also recorded in high-quality format on videotapes. 
After the live stream was cut, the cameras were supposed to be left on to record everything. So if this is the case, this would prove they were on the moon because you would see the duration of the mission, which would be difficult to fake. These tapes would also debunk or prove the alien theory. After inquiry in 2005, NASA began to gather the tapes to be examined. The search for the tapes was headed by NASA engineer Dick Navzinger. Although the team located copies of some of the footage that was of higher quality than previously recorded by TV stations live, they concluded that the original magnetic tape recordings of the Apollo missions were missing. Isn't that convenient? So if you're either trying to hide, hide the fact that we didn't go to the moon, or if you're trying to hide the fact that they were that that, that Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were uh, you know encountered extraterrestrial life that told them to not come back, either way to prove it or, to prove or disprove it is now missing. Like I said, very convenient. Nafsinger and his team went through more than 700 boxes of magnetic data tapes from the Apollo missions stored at Goddard Space Flight Center, as well as multiple other NASA facilities looking for the Apollo 11 tapes. After interviewing multiple retired NASA employees, most of them engineers, they learned of the most likely location of the tapes. A former engineer from Westinghouse who developed the cameras for the Apollo missions, Stanley Labar, revealed that due to a magnetic tape shortage, many of NASA's magnetic tapes were being sent to Goddard to routinely erase them and reuse them. Now think about this. Some of the most historical footage of all time, they're just erasing it and moving to the next. You can't tell me that this wasn't backed up somewhere. I mean, I, you know, I realized that, you know, you know, data storage wasn't like it is today. But still, something this significant, you just don't, you just don't lose it or, you know, erase it, throw it away. It's back, it has to be backed up somewhere. The Apollo tapes were most likely mistakenly included with the tapes that were to be erased, and all the original data was destroyed. Naftinger's research did lead to a bunch of videos of better quality than previously possessed, but still, it looks like the original tapes are lost forever. The only debate is if that's the true fate of the tapes, or if something more sinister is at play. If the moon ending was faked, or if there really was an alien presence on the moon with U.S. astronauts, that would be more than enough of a motive to destroy the original tapes. Since science can prove the Apollo 11 mission did indeed land on the moon, that would only lead to the alien presence on the moon as the sole reason to purposely destroy the footage. Yes, I, I am saying that we landed on the moon. I mean, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of folks who say you know it didn't happen. For me, there, there's enough scientific evidence. I mean, for me, the number one reason why I think that we were on the moon is, you know, that Russia didn't want us to beat them there. So I guarantee you, all the radio transmissions, Russia was monitoring everything we were, we were, we were broadcasting, and they were doing like a telemetry search to make sure it was coming from the moon, to make sure that we were really there. If we faked the moon landing, Russia would have been the first one to call us out. I mean, Russia wouldn't have even thought about it. They wouldn't have thought for a second. They would have called us out, and they didn't. They never even for once questioned it. So that, for me, is enough. 
plus you know all the other scientific evidence that there is you know the reflectors and so what do you think happened was it accidentally was the footage accidentally uh deleted was it purposely destroyed destroyed to to to, so that they couldn't prove the aliens interacted with the U.S. astronauts, or that the, potentially that the moon landing was faked, or you know wasn't as they said it was. Maybe the tapes were misplaced and still exist, or as I said, maybe they were backed up somewhere, and they still do exist, just in an archive that government knows where they're at, but no one has access to them. Um, you know, this is really a crime because. A piece of, of, you know, going on the moon wasn't just a mission for, you know, the United States. It was really, you know, a mission for, it was, it was, it, it was a feat for all mankind. It don't matter if you're American or Chinese or Russian or from Pakistan or from Canada, wherever you're from. You know, when we went to the moon, that was for everybody. So, you know, that footage being gone is really a crime against humanity as a whole. I mean, something like that should not be allowed to happen. That footage should not be allowed to just disappear. So maybe someday it'll be found. Until then, you know, that's... It really is a shame. But, so yeah, so I mean, you know, let me know what you think. You know, go to the Facebook fan page. You can email us. Message me on Facebook. You can... Uh, you know, there's still the text line. Um, you know, so, you know, so let me know what you guys think. So let's move on to the question of the week. Last week I asked you, uh, what do you think the Tic Tacs really are? You know, are they U.S. government? Are they another country? Are they, you know, alien technology? Are they time travelers? What do you think they are? For me personally, you know, after you know all the evidence that I, that you know that I'm seeing, plus that news article that, that they are, you know, they I read today how the Navy was experimenting with you know space time. Uh, I honestly think that those are U.S. Uh, aircraft. I think they're probably drones, because I don't. I mean, to have the technology to go that fast and move like that alone would be one thing. To have technology to be able to do that. And your pilots not experience all the G forces and, and be you know liquefied because of them. That's another. So I think that I think that they're probably unpiloted U.S. drones. It's something that you know we've been working on, and you know, I mean, you know, I could be wrong. You know, you know I mean, you're right. you know, it could be aliens or time travelers from another country. But I honestly think that they are that they are from the United States. They are super top secret drones that the Air Force is working on. And I think that, 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 you know, when the Navy says that they don't, they didn't know what they were, they're being genuine. So I think that the Air Force has a compartmentalized department where these are being made, tested, developed, and that, and that they, uh, they use our own Navy to test them, you know, because, you know, you know, if the Navy doesn't understand what they are, don't, don't know what they are, you know, and they have some of the best pilots in the world, too. What better you know place to test them than it gives you the greatest navy in the world? So, you know that's my thoughts on it. You know, uh, I got you know uh, uh, quite a few responses. Um, I I would say it's probably split 60 percent of the people thought it was aliens, 
forty percent were in. Uh, you know, it was either U.S. or I got a lot of people who said it was China. Uh, a couple that, that that were Russia, but I did that. You know, the, you know, they're you know U.S. You know, military. That's definitely what I think. You know, so. Uh, so let's look at next week's question. Uh, since you know we're moving in, into the Halloween season here, and uh, you know Halloween is coming up here in a little over a month and a half, uh, I guess you know, let's start shifting in you know shifting gears to that you know especially you know with the starting the live shows up you know so that you know we can start getting ready for you know your live Halloween broadcast. I mean you know I mean I mean you know, I figure you know, if I can do one live show why can't I do them all live? So uh, looking at the Halloween season. Uh, let's start off with a really simple question. You know, Friday the 13th is such a, uh, you know, a, a date that is so ingrained in us. Like, you know, it's going to be a bad day. Bad things are going to happen. I guess this would be a two-part question. Number one, do you have any superstitions towards Friday the 13th? You know, do you think it's a bad day or just, a, you know, or something wrong could happen? Or do you think it's just like, like any other day? And the second part is, if you do feel that there's some kind of superstitious thing with Friday the 13th, what do you think it is? Like, you know, what do you, like, you know, like, what have you always thought about Friday the 13th? You know, is it a day for bad luck? Is it a day where, you know, bad things always happen? Or, you know, let me know what you think about Friday the 13th, all your thoughts about it. You know, you can, you know, go to the Facebook uh, fan page. You can go to, um... Email, which is moampodcast21 at gmail.com. Uh, or, or you can go to our phone line, and you can either call in a voicemail, or you can uh, text us. You know, uh, you know, uh, let us know any way you want to. Definitely reach out to us. You know, I love hearing from you guys. You know, you know, I mean, it's great every time that you like open up, you know, that phone line. You know, you, you check the messages and the voicemails. You know, and there's people on there, you know, and... You know, email, you know, I get a lot of responses, you go through email, you know, you love hearing things from you guys, so. Uh, before I close the show out, that lets me with one last item to take care of. Actually, make that two last things. Uh, like, I, like I announced in the beginning of this episode, uh, we're going to start doing all these episodes live. So the very first episode, the very first live episode, we're, we're going to try this out and see how it works. Uh, and that's going to be September 24th. That's a Saturday. It'll be 10:30 p.m. Eastern Daylight or Eastern Standard Time. Once again, the first live show is September 24th at 10:30 Eastern. Um, so that you know, so that's gonna be our first live show, and then um, our Halloween special, which I'm not sure how long, how long it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be at least an hour, maybe two, maybe longer if I can go longer if I get enough content to fill it. Actually, it all depends on you. I'll tell you about that in a second, but let me give you the date first. Uh, I know Halloween's, you know, the end of the month, but, you know, but unfortunately, my regular, you know, my regular full-time job falls on Halloween, so we're going to do the Halloween show on uh, October 29th, which is, which, what's the set, what, what's the day before Halloween? It's a Saturday. So that's all, that's October 29th, and that'll be at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, uh, Standard Time. Now, the reason I said it, 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 you know, it depends on you as far as how long the show goes. I'm looking for personal experiences, you know, any kind of experience that you might have. You know, whether it be um, personal ghost stories or UFO stories or shadow people or Bigfoot or any kind of paranormal story that you have, uh, definitely, you know, write in, tell me what it is, you know, 
email would probably be the easiest, but you know, or if you want, if you can give me a brief, a brief, um, if you can give me a brief synop or uh, a brief overview of what it is, um, and you give me your phone number, I can actually call you for a live show, and you can actually tell us in your own words what happened. You know, I mean, you can you know come on and you know tell us all about your story. So, um, so you know, so you know, just you know, right? Uh, so you either email me. You know, with, you know, with the story, or give me a brief, you know, overview of what the story is about, and then you know, I'll give me a number and we'll range of time that I can play during during the show. There's only two rules to to the to the stories that you send in to us. Number one, it had to have happened to you. You know, we're looking for first-hand accounts, not like you know, my brother's uncle's best friend. You know, it has to be had to happen to you. Um, and it uh, it has to be true. I mean, you know, you know, I mean. I mean, listen, you know, I'll never, you know, as long as someone's being sincere and telling me the truth, you know, I'm not going to make fun of anybody or cause, because, I mean, all right, all right, uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've seen some crazy stuff in my time. That's why, that's why I, I do this show. I do this show because I've, I've experienced a number of paranormal things. And, you know, as I've been trying to get a better understanding of what I've seen and what I've experienced or witnessed, I've come across a lot of other interesting things and found out that you know a lot of pe other people have have the same the same situations and you know experiences that I've had the same questions that I have. So you know, be all right, but be all right. Uh, uh, by doing this show, I can number one help you know hopefully help help somebody else understand something a little bit better that that you know they're going through experiencing. Plus, you know, once you start you know, researching stuff, this kind of stuff, you, know, you start getting interested in it. And, you know, I know I'm not the only one. I know there's lots of people out there who are interested in supernatural things, paranormal things. So, you know, that's what drives me to do this show. Um, you know, did I mean, right? If I can, you know, if I can make, make a connection with just one person, it was all worth it. So, like I said, you know, you know, the only thing that I had that you know, I ask is that it had to happen to you. And it has to be, it has to be true. Uh, you know, you know, as long as story meets those two criteria, I would love love to share it with all the listeners. Um, you know, if you think you know, you know, you know what nobody else you know is gonna you know, you know, uh, uh, get to get your story or understand it. You know, trust me, people will more people than you think are gonna you know are gonna be able uh, to relate. I can tell you, you know. Uh, from all the statistics, because you know, yeah, because you know, uh, uh, you know, like you know, I put the show out, you know, on Anchor FM, and you know, they give me all kinds of data, like you know, how many people listened each week, you know, what countries they're from and states, and what, you know, uh, age groups, and if they're male or female or whatever. I mean, it even breaks it down, you know, I mean, and tells me if people listening on Android or Mac or Windows or a PC or you know, whatever, you know, you know what devices. But anyways. What I think is, is you know, uh, really cool about this is we've got listeners from all around the world. I mean, not just the United States and Canada. I mean, you know, I'm talking like South Korea, Brazil, uh, Australia, England, Denmark. I mean, you name it. It's it's crazy how many you know how many people listen from all over the world. So you know, I guarantee that no matter what you've gone through, whatever your story is, someone out there can relate. You know, so definitely, you know, if you've experienced, you know. Uh, however you wish to do it, you know, share it with us on Halloween. Well, it's actually the day before Halloween, but yeah, share it with us on a Halloween special. So, um, the links to that will be, the links to the live show will be in the description below, um, for the, for the, or for the, uh, for the YouTube channel. 
and you know, you know, the you know, and as a reminder, I'll have the other date and the time in the, you know, you know, you know, in the description to this to this uh, podcast as well. And then that same link will also work for Halloween, for Halloween special. So uh, make sure you check all the links in this description so you can you know, get all that information. You know, I gave you know, you know, like I just laid a lot on you. So like I said, you know, everything's in the description to this video. So uh, um, I'll catch you guys next week. It'll be the first live show. I can't wait. You know, hopefully it works out well. You know, uh, so we'll see how it goes and uh, we'll go from there. So. Until next week, stay safe.